How to Tell Stories to Children is a bi-weekly podcast exploring the science and methodology of storytelling. I am Silka Rose West. And I am Joseph Saracy. We are the authors of How to Tell Stories to Children. Our goal is to foster diverse storytelling by helping individuals like you awaken to the storyteller within. We appreciate your support. You can find our children's stories, exclusive tutorials, live Q&As, and more benefits on our Patreon page at patreon.com slash howtotellstoriestochildren or by visiting our website at howtotellstoriestochildren.com. Help us spread the love of storytelling by becoming a patron today. Good morning, Silka. Good morning, too. Yeah, and good morning to the Earth. Earth Day is right around the corner, and we have some ideas that we want to share with you today about how to tell stories that can help our children connect with the Earth under their feet. Silka, I'd like to invite you to just share maybe an example that you have from uh, your classroom. Yeah, thank you, Joe. So I would like to say every year is different, meaning every year a different group of children in a kindergarten. And it's, it's nice to explore with the children. What does the word Earth Day bring up for the child? Mm-hmm. So one could ask that question, oh, what comes up for you? Oftentimes we hear children say like animals or the river or the mountain. Wherever we live, uh, oftentimes it's something in the immediate surroundings. And I pick up on that and... I, one way to take the information from the children is to take the things they give me and craft a birthday story out of it and tell them today is like the birthday of the Earth's mother. And that's one way to do it. So the children can relate to the Earth in the way they would relate to another human being mm-hmm. or an animal or a plant. Mm-hmm. And building this relationship with the Earth I would also maybe think of songs uh, that go along with it, like The Earth is Our Mother. The children can help me as the storyteller to find a way to, to craft a story. Okay, so I'm hearing a couple things there. One is, and you've, you've said this a lot of times in a lot of our discussions, to personify, and in this case we're going to personify the Earth and, and give it a character, often a mother character, and celebrating her birthday. I think that's a great image. Also, what I hear you saying is to start by just observing in our own children, right? What is it in our own children that connects them to the earth? Because sometimes I think in Earth Day, a lot of focus goes toward environmentalist concerns, which is great and wonderful, right? We get a lot of recycling, we get a lot of honoring uh, endangered species, planting trees, that kind of thing. And that, that is wonderful. But what is it in our child that is connecting them to the natural, fertile, living earth right here in their home? Yeah. And so uh, we had talked a, l- a little bit earlier about some ways to do that, right? To, to draw our child's attention to the living things in their lives and telling a story that brings them excitement. 
right? Which could be, could even be a plant in your home. It could be in your backyard, sitting on the grass outside or sitting underneath a tree if you have uh, that available. But looking for those things in your life that connect you not to the giraffes and gorillas in Africa, but instead what's, what's alive and happening in your child's life right here so that she can connect in with. Yes. And even what is here in our immediate surrounding, let's say there's a fly in the room and the fly is driving you crazy because the fly goes, but, oh, this must be a birthday fly. She's here to sing a birthday song. Let's open the window and send that fly all the way to Africa and she can sing that song to the giraffe. But uh, from our place here, what is in our immediate surroundings from here, we can actually connect to the things also far away. But the, the far away things, they cannot become the connecting point because the child can actually not experience it through these senses. Like that fly, the child hears it, it drives it crazy, it doesn't want to hear it anymore. Or we can smell things and all of a sudden it becomes so real. And so when you use the example of something that's so remote that we can't feel or touch it, we see it on a screen, it's hard to really have the connecting point. And so the fly is literally the example of something that's right here in our home. And it's a creature of the Mother Earth. There is a house plant, it's right here. And you know, helps with the air in our, our beautiful room. And look at the tree branches outside our door and the birds that are sitting in the branches. And um, I wonder who these birds are. Are they birthday messengers today? Maybe they can fly all the way across the sea and sing. Or maybe the birds across the sea, they're singing a birthday song today too. So we want to create this image of wholeness and yet we celebrate right here where we are. And how can we do that today? Can we go out and sing a song, plant a tree? Or perhaps we could uh, take a cutting off one plant and plant a new house plant and say this is for the birthday 2021 and offer it as a gift. If you were the Earth Mother, what would you like us to do to celebrate? Right. Yeah, that's a good question. It brings us back to that observation of what's happening here and now. And so maybe we can give a few examples of how to tell a story that would help us feel connected to the earth in our own lives. What comes to mind for me, we have, uh, we live in this beautiful home and we have a beautiful greenhouse and in the greenhouse there lives a cricket and next to the greenhouse there is a room where a nine-year-old girl sleeps and she's like oh at night that cricket is so noisy and so I'm thinking hmm could I perhaps let that cricket come alive in my earth day story so that the child can embrace the cricket and so I might come up with a story that well the Earth Mother, she has many messengers. And one day she sent one of her songbirds to hear the children sing. 
And as the songbird flew to a nearby tree, it listened and it heard the beautiful sound of the piano. Oh my goodness, that piano sounded so lovely. There was a child that was practicing every day. And the bird flew back to the earth mother and said, well, in this house there lives a child that plays the piano every day. And the earth mother said, well, is there someone with a string instrument in the house too? And the bird said, I don't know. And the cricket said to the earth mother, please, please, do I get to go? I always wanted to accompany a pianist. Please, earth mother, let me go. Well, earth mother looked at the cricket and said, yes, but the piano is probably being played at day and you might want to play at night. Oh, please, please, said the cricket, let me go. So Earth Mother said to the bird, please transport the cricket to that greenhouse, but make sure not to eat the cricket because the cricket wants to be the accompanist for the piano. And so the cricket happened to live in the greenhouse. And she forgot that the Earth Mother said, don't you practice at night? Because every night when the girl went to sleep, the cricket started to practice her fiddle. And she was so excited about her fiddle playing and she was hoping that the little girl would hear her. Can you hear how wonderful I play? You and I, we will give a concert to the earth mother on her birthday. And when I told that story to that little girl that practiced piano that night when she went to bed, you know what happened? She listened to that cricket playing the fiddle in the greenhouse and she thought, wow. That would be amazing if me and that cricket could have a concert for the Earth Mother. And she closed her eyes and she had sweet dreams. And all her worries about the noise of the cricket turned into sweet music. Mm. Yeah, I think that's an excellent example of how to make something simple and hear right in our own lives. I also recall one time here in New Mexico, we have actually, if it's a rainy spring, we have a lot of mud. And I remember the time when Yucho um, brought the mud people alive and because the mud was quite frustrating and it was around Earth Day. And all of a sudden, there was the mud man and the mud man lived literally in the mud and I had never seen him before, and actually it's your story that made it come alive in a way that the children recreated their relationship with the mud. And when you think of mud, mud is the earth. And how often do we arrive at that place where we're like, oh, did you get dirty again? Oh, you know, and in our cleanliness that we have just evolved as human beings to be oftentimes in a very clean environment. Even our relationship to mud and dirt has shifted and changed. So it's not even the animals or the plants. It's the mud. It's the dirt on your hands, on your feet. Yeah, thank you. Oftentimes on Earth Day, I think we focus on cleanup projects, replanting forests, endangered species, recycling, all these things. And all these things have a background story, which is that humans are a problem a little bit. Each one of these things, that's, that's often how 
Earth Day gets introduced to children. And Richard Louvre in Last Child in the Woods really uh, accentuates this point and I, I think really draws that out and says what, what we really need uh, these days is children who are really comfortable on the earth, in the earth, in the mud, in the dirt. And so on a day like Earth Day, something that we can do to help our children and help our species connect here on this planet is to help them grow comfortable in being present here on the earth, not just on the floor in our homes, but in the floor of the forest. And telling stories is a great way to help a child get in there because it opens up their imagination. So for example, you mentioned the mud man, right? Who was just this kind of hilarious and funny character who ran around and was naked and uh, a little bit mischievous. And the kids loved that story. So afterwards, you know, many of them would get their hands in the mud and maybe even make a little mud man, right? Because it, it can be kind of clay, the simple little things like that. It's the storytelling loop as we often call it in action, where we tell a story, but we, we tell that story and we put it in something. And in this case, we put it in the mud or in the earth and the children get excited about it. Oh, it's the little mud man who comes alive and runs around. And, and then afterward, their imagination is drawn to that very real thing. And now they've got their hands in the dirt and in the mud and they're connecting with the real earth under their feet, in their hands, in their fingernails. That's the kind of story that we're trying to get at today, that we can tell our children on Earth Day. Not necessarily the story of, there just aren't that many rhinoceroses left. Of course, that is important. It's important for our kids to know that. And it's important for us to know that and to make good choices around it. But a day like Earth Day is, is a day for celebrating the Earth, and especially at that young age, invigorating our children with a sense of, whoa, I love this place. This place is magnificent. And we can do that by sharing these simple stories that bring us to the here and now right under our feet. Mm -hmm. Like, for example, the little acorn boy who lives in the pile of dry leaves in the forest. And when you hear that sound, oh, I think that might be him rustling through the leaves, running up to the roots of the tree. If we keep our eyes out, we might see him. Sometimes he leaves his hat behind though. I know exactly what his hat looks like. You know, and you look for the little acorn cap, something like that. It's a very short and quick nice. story, but we're telling these stories that, again, we're planting that story in something that draws our child's attention and our own attention into that real thing and makes it exciting. It makes it come alive for us. Right. And it's a good day to go on a walk on Earth Day and actually look around and see. Perhaps your eyes will spy something that you haven't seen before. You know, perhaps there's a plant. You don't know what the plant's name is. Perhaps you can explore and find out. There's just uh, wonderful opportunities to get to know the earth and to really yeah, feel her and let her feel you. Oh. Mm -hmm. And I think, Silka, the, the example of the cricket is also really good because sometimes, you know, I, I myself, you know, I, I grew up 
very urban. You know, I was plainly, I was pretty much scared of bugs. Almost till about I was in my 20s. You know, just absurdly, almost phobic, right? Because mm -hmm. we had these million leg things in the, in the basement in the house <laughs> that would just, whew, and they were huge. Boy, I didn't like those and they were fast. And I had such a difficult relationship to those bugs. And I think we see that in a lot of children, you know, commonly with spiders. And it wasn't until I came to New Mexico and I really was forced and really working with you in the forest kindergarten and being outside and just saying, you know what, you have to really get comfortable with your body being on this ground, in this earth. And there's bugs here and there's leaves and you're going to get itchy and all these things. And we can help our children develop that comfort by sharing these stories, not of the phobia and the fear of this little creepy crawly, but hmm, old Miss Spider. Have you heard about her? Now I know when she crawls across the wall, sometimes we want to turn away, but old Mrs. Spider actually has a story to tell us. And if you see in the corner, she's there knitting her little web. And old Mrs. Spider used to long time ago live in the forest, but she knew there was a very special child in the house. And she snuck in at night just to watch over and make sure that that precious little child stays safe. And you know what she does when you're sleeping at night is she weaves and tells stories into your dreams. And that's why when you see old Mrs. Spider scatter across the wall, <gasps> no, she's welcome in our house. Something like that, yeah? That's right. And at the same time, also having awareness that some spiders might not be so... Lovable. <laughs> sure. <laughs> or perhaps dangerous. But how to keep a safe distance then also and, and still have the, the story of like, well, there are in New Mexico, we do have some spiders that are a little bit dangerous and they live in hidden corners. They don't just come out and run after us. And so we want to create a story that teaches also respect and also acknowledging on the earth. Yes, there are things that are poisonous. Yes, there are things that are dangerous. And yes, the fire can become very big. But on this day, we celebrate and we are looking at, yeah, this is all part of our life. <laughs> you know, just like living and dying. It's all part of the process. And how can we hold that in the celebration in a beautiful way so these young children can actually learn to walk that beauty way. It's a North American way of uh, talking to walk in beauty. And it doesn't mean that everything is, you know, always just right and perfect. It's walking through the forest and you see the dead tree leaning on the living tree and they coexist. Mm -hmm. You see that there is the compost of the dead old leaves and they are now becoming a blanket for the green grass that's slowly sprouting from underneath. Mm -hmm. It's part, this is all so beautifully interwoven. And so in Earth Day, these stories can interweave that as well. Mm -hmm. You know, that, yeah, the big storm the flood, and at the same time, the gentle raindrop. Mm -hmm. As your child grows older, it's, I would always say the child will ask, 
the kind of questions or pays attention to what needs to be brought out in the story. And you will know that as a parent, once you observe your child, you'll know what story is right for my child. Yeah. So if I can reiterate some of the points that I hear us uh, calling out in this, one is the idea of personifying, personifying the earth, perhaps Mother Earth herself, but also personifying some of the animals and plants and even, you know, the dirt, like as in the mud man um, that we were talking about earlier. That helps bring a character and a playfulness into our stories. And then another thing that, that uh, you mentioned early on is really observing what is our particular child paying attention to in, in, in my neighborhood, in my ecosystem, in my house, whatever it might be. Maybe it's my apartment in a city. What, what kinds of living, organic things, be they plants, animals, forests, soil, and then looking for ways to plant like a seed, a story in those things to draw our child's attention into them and our own attention into them and acknowledging some of the dangers that might exist, right? The forest fires that are out there. Yes, of course, there are snakes and uh, various uh, things in the world that sometimes instill fear, but not having that be our focus, just like the endangered species are not necessarily our focus, but instead bringing this focus into our celebration of right here and now, how am I connecting with this place on the earth? Is there anything else that you would like to share? I would close with a little verse that I say in my kindergarten every morning with the little ones, and it is down is the earth, up is the sky. There They're are my, my friends, friends, and here, here am I. The, the earth is firm beneath my feet. The sky is high above, and here I stand, so firm and strong, all things to know and love. And may you feel the love, dear listeners, the love for the earth, and the earth loving you. Happy, Happy Earth, earth Day. Day. Thank you for listening to How to Tell Stories to Children, a bi-weekly podcast exploring the science and methodology of storytelling from the authors of How to Tell Stories to Children, an acclaimed new book empowering parents across the world. A new edition is due out in over 50 countries from Houghton Mifflin Harcourt in June of 2021. You can find children's stories from Silka Rose West and Joseph Ceresi on our Patreon page at patreon.com slash howtotellstoriestochildren, as well as tutorials, live Q&As, Patreon perks, and more. Or visit our website at howtotellstoriestochildren.com. A Story Village is a collection of children's stories by Silka Rose West ages three to seven. Joseph Saracy's children's stories, The Storytelling Loop, is for children ages five to ten. Help us spread the love of storytelling by becoming a patron today. <laughs>